everybody and welcome to another episode of Sergio's Social Club Podcast. I am the co-host, Kirsten, and I'm joined by my wonderful husband. Oh, please, please, please. Very handsome. Hello, hello. <laughs> Nino. Brought in by uh, the great Arcade Fire with one of our new favorite songs, Everything Now, which we conveniently converted into Everything Pat. <laughs> That's what the chorus sounds like. Everything Pat. Everything Pat. Everything Pat. For those of you that are listeners, know that Patrick, my stepson, your son, is 15 years old and he's somebody who can appreciate having everything Pat named after him. He was very excited. When I started singing it on our road trip. Yes. Came up with it myself, of course. Mm-hmm. So proclaimed uh, king of parody. Mm-hmm. Well, our episodes this summer have been sporadic because we've had our two big trips this summer. We had our recap of our Utah, Arizona, Nevada adventure on the last episode. And we, again, talked politics. Politics moves so quick nowadays that... It's, it's nearly on a 24-hour basis. I've never seen anything like this before. People call it Trump o'clock. It really is, because, I mean, and we've said this many a times, but literally I wake up every morning wondering, okay, what the hell did he say overnight now? What are we going to wake up to now? What breaking news is going to be there now? And it's, it's more of a rarity that you not wake up to something new and something and it's, outrageous it's and something several times a day too like for instance I just pulled up um, 30 minutes ago Wall Street Journal posted a new article about Jared Kushner and he released 77 items that he accidentally omitted on a financial disclosure because now he's busted and he has to disclose them. I don't know what it's about, but it's so hard to keep up nowadays. But Did he meet with that congressional committee today? Kushner? No, I think it's next week. Oh, okay. I think it's either but even Tuesday But even the, um, the, uh, the stage that's set for him meeting with them is very unusual. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they're doing it in that format. Yeah. You would think it would be more of a private investigatory type of... I'm pretty sure that they will that way too, but as we're seeing, there's many different ways to be investigated and everybody needs to make themselves feel important. To be honest with you, the only investigation that I feel is absolutely necessary at this point is um, the Robert Mueller investigation, but I... Isn't that the team that's going to be investigating um, Kushner? as well aren't they questioning him they're looking into all of trump's stuff now so right so who's kushner meeting with next week he's meeting with either the senate or the house congressional um committee because they both have i think the house still does even though jason in the house jason chavez that was his twitter handle even though he resigned but i'm pretty sure they're still pursuing it but jason chavez the um, one representative from, I believe he was from Nevada, and he was a real goober. He, um, it, he unlike Nunez, Nunez was part of it, but he was part of it, and he had a pretty prominent position, and he was always saying ridiculous things. Jason in the house? That was his Twitter handle. Oh, my God. Well, I guess he wanted to be hip and happening. I, I, can, I can respect that. I wouldn't adopt that, but I can respect it. 
the it's, attempt. It's hard to keep up. There are so many pieces in this that for you and me and people that are trying to keep up, it's literally like... Admittingly, I have not been trying to keep up. It just falls into my lap. Yeah. It's not like something I deliberately tune into. It's stuff that I just happen to tumble upon on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Let me put on CNN or MSNBC and delve further into it. Mm -hmm. And it has to be the daytime shows because I can't, I can't tolerate anyone on the nighttime lineup anymore, particularly on the MSNBC side. Rachel Maddow is so long-winded with everything she says. Oh, I liked her, I can't. her I can't. episode last night. I can't. I just, I just think it depends. It I Like that tax release thing, we talked about that. I think that was ridiculous. But I think when she has something legitimate... It's a pretty interesting show. Like last night, all the stuff. When she has guests on and stuff like that, I think it's good. It flows better. But when she's left to her own devices, and I understand this because you know I've done podcasts, which is a, you know minuscule compared to the platform that she has. Mm -hmm. And when you and when you when you're left to your own devices to just speak, you know, oftentimes you find yourself just rambling on and on, and you find yourself to be redundant, you know. So. There's our nightly visit from the Buppuses' dogs. Of course. <laughs> what else is new? Can't enjoy a peaceful evening. So, her episode last night was good, and I guess we could like talk about some of the things that she covered. A lot of stuff that happened while we were away <coughs> had to do with um, Donald Trump Jr. That guy, it, part of half of Beavis and Butthead, never ceases, both of them, to amaze me. They are some of the stupidest people. It's almost like you're taking Donald Trump, who is one of the stupidest people you've ever seen, and it's almost like if you took all the intelligence that he has available to, like, in his body, which is what he has, and you literally split it down the middle and gave half to each kid, that's how d dumb they are. Isn't that essentially how genetics works? I know. Anyway, but I mean, you know... I think you use that word stupidity haphazardly because I, I think Donald Trump is far from stupid. I just think that his arrogance and the, the way that in which he was raised and the way he grew up in such a life of privilege that he just assumes that this is the way things run in this world. Mm -hmm. That what he wants, he gets. And what he doesn't have, he's going to kick and scream until he gets it. And I think he's I just instilled think that he, same philosophy and mindset into his own children. I just think when it comes to things in general, he throws everything he he can think of or everything against the wall and sees what sticks i mean okay. his stuff never makes sense has it not worked for him up to this point it has but i'm kind of getting scared at this point because but that's you I, i'm talking I about i'm talking about we can't lose sight of the fact of where he is and his position yes. obviously he's done more things right than he's done wrong okay and that that whole strategy of throwing as much shit against the wall as possible mm -hmm. and see how much of it sticks is obviously panning out for him thus far. I agree. It's hard to argue that. And it's hard and likewise in that same vein it's it's likewise you it's hard to to feel sympathy for his voters that have seen the light because, you know, before the election seeing all these things and people like denying that they're existing and then slowly like over the months and now quickly everything every day is several new items that are proving that Trump is a big a piece of a shit as uh, a lot people, people that thought. take our position often allude to this 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 premise that that 
many of his supporters or, or a certain number of his supporters have quote unquote seen this light that they've come to this moment of fruition when they realize that he's just full of shit. Yeah. But if you were to put a number on it, a percentage, really, realistically speaking, what is the percentage of his demographics, the people that initially voted and supported him, that it's, have sort of turned the tides a, a little bit and come to that moment of It's of not truth. a lot, but here's the point, okay? He got less than 50% of the vote, and if people took the election seriously and really realized, oh crap, like, if I don't go vote, then he's definitely going to get in, even though he doesn't have the popular vote. <clears throat> I think we would have seen, you know, if you took all the voting population, more than 50%, go for Hillary and her win handily, I would say probably 52-53%. However, that didn't happen. You know, she won the popular vote, but he managed to to win the electorate, which I still think is fixed, but I'm sure that'll come up later or in another episode. But in any case, um, of his voters that voted for him in this election, 77% still support him, okay? So that being said, just saying that he, if for argument's sake, say that with all the voters in America, even the people that didn't vote, it was a 50-50 split, he lost like 30% of his support. Okay, so but where was that poll taken? It's all the polls right now. It's about an average. I'm just saying, you know, giving an idea. So he started out, for argument's sake, we'll give them 50-50, even though I think it would have been more towards Hillary's side. But of that, he's lost like 20-something percent, almost 30%. Okay. okay, so that being said, I know he doesn't believe in polls, but I believe in my head that something was fishy with the, the the voting and I believe that he won the electoral college because of it. I do feel there was some kind of cheating there and I feel like if we don't put a kibosh on this right now, our country is never going to Okay, recover. let's put a kibosh on it right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets to that point. Mm -hmm. Something was done. Something was done to rig the election. Something mm -hmm. was done that, that worked it, that was more favorably towards Donald Trump than it was Hillary Clinton, but no one gets down to the nitty-gritty, so to speak, and actually speaks speaks substance and says, okay, what could have possibly been done to rig the election? Mm -hmm. Extra ballots, certain people being turned away at the polls, mm -hmm. people's vote being counted a multitude of times. I just what? think there's too no many... No one comes with specifics, and that's the problem. I, no, I you don't lead down this path, and then all of a sudden there's a roadblock to truth. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem I is... Do. There's so many things that are shady out there that this hasn't even been raised yet. Okay, who was the guy this morning that was on MSNBC that looked like Jeff Daniels? Oh, he was the professor at Stanford. Okay. Okay, one of the first things he says is keep in mind that this is not the first time that something like this has taken place. Mm -hmm. This has happened as far back as 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. That the USSR and the Soviet Union and Russia, whatever moniker they want to adopt at this particular time or whenever they did it they've been meddling in our elections for many many years i agree but what we're now it's not anything we should accept no and what we're saying is this is not just about like any fiddling they did with the the counts however they did it and it's not just about their bombardment of fake news that favored him all over the place that really 
got to a lot of people that don't get in depth on issues. This is about like what is on those tax returns and how far deep was Trump involved in this and what things did he personally do or personally have a hand in saying yay or nay to or even actively working on and the people that he surrounded himself okay. with. So hypothetically speaking, say all of our assumptions, mm -hmm. all of our worst fears end up becoming true mm -hmm. in the sense that uh, that Mueller is able to get his hands on his taxes and reveals that there's this underlying network of business that has been conducted with the with Russia for many many years and that Putin has been involved and he's been involved and it's obvious that he has interest in Russia and Russia has interest in the United States with him being the connection with him being the conduit if you will how many people is that going to change his supporters that 70 that so-called 77 percent how far down does that go to 50 I don't see it going lower than 50 because I think there's a strong, strong demographic of so his what, supporters that just don't give well, a flying What is shit. your point about that? My point is, is that we're all looking for the smoking gun and that's fine. But the bottom line is even if they find that he has had business dealings and that he lied on his taxes, it's still not enough grounds to impeach him. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm totally dead serious. It's true. because. He could be held in tax court, he can go to court, and the IRS can take him to court, or whatever it may be, but how is that grounds for impeachment? He wasn't president when he was conducting business with Russia. So like, how is how are they going to make the connection? This is the problem I'm having. There are a ton of ways, and that's why they're they're not just looking at Trump, but they're looking about everybody around Trump. Okay. And their part. Like, in I'm just saying. You're ta I'm talking specifically about his taxes because that's what you brought up, and a lot of people no, are going his taxes. It's not just you. It's a lot, and it's a lot of it mainstream members of the media that are saying taxes, 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 taxes are going to reveal so much. No, they're not. They're going to reveal exactly what we assumed all along that he does do business in Russia. It's easier to connect the pieces and connect the money and if there's is. if there's money that exchanged hands and there's no goods or services that he's providing and according to him he's not providing any goods and services here's the in problem Russia. i have okay mm -hmm. and we are on the cusp it we have just experienced another wave of oj simpsonography again mm -hmm. okay and it brings us back to unfortunately his initial murder trial back in 1995 mm -hmm. when he was acquitted everyone knows that and the debacle in the handling of the evidence on the part of the Los Angeles Police Department and the prosecution in the state of Los Angeles County in the, in the county of Los Angeles you know and it bothers me because there's a lot of eerie similarities here mm -hmm. that they think that a lot of people that are investigating a lot of members of the media just think this is such a slam-dunk thing and like you said, there's going to be an overwhelming preponderance of evidence that is going to be out there. But I can tell you this, unless a member of his staff, someone that he's appointed, someone within his circle of trust, if you will, taking away from uh, Meet the Fockers, Allegedly Meet the Parents, Flynn if, someone, if someone other than Flynn, everyone is under the presumption that Flynn is going to flip. I'm talking about someone that right now in the present day is somewhat within his inner circle, flips on him. Well, he's flipping on everybody, so it's just a matter of time that he, that he picks the wrong person. <clears throat> he thinks he's untouchable. So what is he doing? He's kicking people out and just replacing them with people that he that are in his loyalty circle. Yeah. So is Spicer is really people like think, Spicer? I don't think Spicer knows. Who hasn't anything. been privileged? Anything. That's why I didn't even bring him up. Okay, so who's been eradicated or eliminated from his circle? Besides Flynn, 
that has the propensity or the potential to turn on him. Manafort? He's he's coming under some scrutiny, and they're going to have to. They're going to have to find a lot of dirt on him and offer him some sort of immunity. Haven't you heard some of the things that are coming out? About I've heard him? about the bird. Have you? <laughs> Whatever. Have you heard about the bird? This whole, the whole idea of this podcast, even though you have the same beliefs as me, is that you challenge everything I say. Well, it makes for interesting conversation. <laughs> I'm just trying to play the part of I'm devil's getting, advocate. I'm here. getting hot. I'm, I'm gonna blow up. Go ahead. <laughs> it's not you that I'm arguing with. No, I'm arguing because this is the argument that everyone in like mainstream media and a lot of people that oppose Donald Trump say. And I'm not here to say that I'm disagreeing with you guys. I'm here to say, look, they're gonna do it. They gotta do it right. They have to take their time. They have to connect all the dots, and they have to be very, very very careful because no matter what anyone says this guy has money yes he might not have as much money as he claims that he does but he certainly has enough money to hire the best of the best when it comes to defense attorneys and which he's doing and he's he's already staging his ground well we're gonna see that he's assembling quite the defense team you know the modern-day Johnny Cochran team I agree with that and I also but I'm not going to go down that. Uh, uh, I'm not going to go down that uh, road. Uh, I just, uh, uh, I, Sandy Cochran. I just don't understand. Like, he isn't too bright, or he's about to get very dangerous. Because if any other politician in the last, like, say, 20 years was in his shoes, I bet you any of those presidents, if they did what he probably has done and all signs are pointing to it, especially by his behavior, hiring all these attorneys, asking about pardons and all this other nonsense, if that was the case, I believe that all of those other men would have resigned. They wouldn't have done it to begin with. I think if these were not all elected officials and that they all weren't selflessly worrying about their own asses, Mm -hmm. that they would have turned on him in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because members of the GOP, which I feel absolutely no sympathy for whatsoever, no. they're sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place. They're stuck between party loyalty. But look at this shit. They're turning on John McCain now. The guy's, like, dying, and they're going to turn on him. How are they turning on him? There's a bunch of, like, conservatives that are saying things like he deserves it because he's not supporting Donald Trump. And Who things said like that? that. You didn't read some of these articles. There's this one. What did I just tell you? There's there's a couple of them that I read, but the one that came out first was this. Um, I believe she's the head of the GOP in Nevada, like head of the whole party in Nevada. She's Is that that got, black woman? No, she's white. She's got the most hideous hair and the most overdone makeup. Oh, I've seen. She got that. She's an older woman. She got crazy hair. Yeah, poodle hair. Oh my! It's like it's like she wakes up every day and just rolls out of bed and says, "This is good. I'm going with this look." Shame on her. The GOP, in my opinion, it's like laughable. Any of them would com- claim that they're the in the moral. Right. They're the moral compass of our society. uh, It is fucking horrible. They are some of the most morally devoid people I've ever seen in my life. That's a good way of putting it. They are morally devoid. You know, I mean, they had lost that long ago, but it's just getting worse and worse. They have have a brick wall composed of paper that is their moral fiber. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. The paper is the Bible. Don't take my papers. I don't know. Don't take them. But shame on them for that. But shame, shame, shame. All the crap that is going on. I think that, like I said, shame any other 
of the men, even when the ones we don't agree with. Why is with? it always got to be the men? I because think some of the women involved are some of the, the worst, most despicable people. All of the presidents, people. I'm saying, all of our pre previous presidents, all like the last 20 years, if they so did something like So that's what it's like about. This. You're upset because it hasn't been a woman president yet. Well, I am upset about that. Oh, that's not your fault. That's Kangol's fault. Well, she did run a bad campaign. Cocky. The more that is coming out, the more I... I realized yes, that, Hillary, thank you. that, you know, it wasn't just her campaign. I think that people are coming down on her too much because, I mean, they're pretty much putting the whole thing on her when there was clearly some other things going on here. But that's here nor there. But I just, I'm worried because he's not even, like, considering this. He's just trying to pardon himself. Like, he's going to pardon himself and everybody in his family. And you just know what that reminds on. me of? Him pardoning himself is almost as landishly ridiculous as Michael Scott from The Office walking outside of his office and yelling, I DECLARE BANKRUPTCY! That's what he's going to do. He's going to walk out of the Oval Office and say, I pardon myself. Pardon me. You're done. Okay. You can go back to your office now. Thank you. He's going to walk back. But the fact that he's like <clears throat> acting like he is thinking that he can just remain in office is scary. Like, what is this guy capable of to keep... This stuff, a lot of it's already coming out, you know, and it's like a leaky faucet. Why does it scare you? Because what is Why he Why does it scare you? You act like before this point that everyone involved in D.C. in D.C. was just like these Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. I don't believe that, but they were, they had some cooth about them that they admitted when they're caught and... And, you well, know, maybe they had a conscience, and their conscience said, you know what, if I'm, all these shady things that I'm doing better not be in the spotlight. And I'll give you that. He is stupid in the sense that he just lays it all out there. He doesn't care who hears him, who sees him. There's nothing behind well, the curtain. He curtains. was sloppy. Like, a lot of the stuff that he did was very sloppy. I don't think... That, I think that was intentional sloppiness. I don't think he cares. I don't think you... I think you underestimate how arrogant he is. Yeah, but that doesn't make him smart. That just makes him arrogant. Okay, arrogant sometimes goes hand-in-hand hand with ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's why I, I, every time I say he's not a smart man, I love you. You constantly are saying that um, that he is a lot smarter than anyone gives him credit for. He's not. I feel like we've known each other forever. Yeah. <laughs> Getting warm. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. So um. I don't know, but. Now there's this going on about the pardoning. There's some other random stuff going on about Brander. him getting upset that Mueller can actually have access to I'm his upset. taxes. Why are they calling stuff. him Mueller? Mueller? I think that's how he pronounces it. Shame on him. It's Mueller. Okay, he is German through and through. He's oh. trying to escape his German roots. He probably has some people that were tied to the Nazi party. Come on. And that's why. His name is Mueller. This is a really good Yes, it is because I want to say I'm pronouncing it that way because I'm used to Fine. it. Like you say potato, I say potato. You say mala, I say mula. Are we even getting anywhere with this conversation? We are getting somewhere oh because if he takes this approach with Donald, he would intimidate him. Anyways. No one has underminglings with Russia! The only thing I'm going to say, and this has <laughs> been like a campaign, if he gets... Oh my God, look how stupid he looks. If he gets what's-his-face, Rothstein, because he can't directly fire him. Even people say that. Who's that? 
he's the uh, the acting attorney general. Oh, because, he's an actor. No, he's the one that Jeff Sessions had to recuse himself, and he was the assistant. So he became, and he's the one who appointed Mueller. Technically, only he can fire him, but Donald Trump can either put pressure on him. Think about that: a Jew follow firing a German. Ooh. But that, that, that's controversial. I, I doubt that would honestly happen. I think Donald Trump is kind of going to try to break some kind of boundary here and fire his ass himself. Here's what is the refreshing part of this whole, this entire ordeal, is that a lot of the decision making when it comes to the handling of this investigation falls on the shoulders of Congress. Now, people are, oh my God, no. But what I'm sensing, at least the vibe that I'm getting this past couple of weeks is that there's become more of a, 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 a bipartisanship, if you will, more of a unification in Congress than I could say in the last several months. Yeah. I don't See, know what it is. I think people are finally coming to their senses because they're finally listening to it. Right. So that's a good thing. So that's why I don't have a problem with him just spewing out diarrhea, verbal diarrhea every single second because he's alienating himself from his own party and that's agree, what we want. I agree, but he's doing a lot of damage in the meantime. He's doing a lot of damage that's going under the radar but, because... But it's not irreversible. He has a, what, what has he done that's irreversible? It's stuff that might take a long time because we don't know the exact wording of what he's doing in, in but cases But all, like, all these executive orders that he's signing off on, every single thing that he's signed off on can easily be reversed. I agree, but that's not what I'm talking about. He, Do you need to get specific? He started doing that, and I think he realized that that pretty much held no weight and that a lot of those things like were completely out in the open and against the law and people were going to fight him. A lot they make of the, nice refrigerator. A lot art. of the people that he appointed are doing underhanded things. For example, this is just one out of many examples. Lies. You, you know I follow things Lies. like crazy. Can you stop? Are you going to agree with me on anything? No. Then this is going to be really annoying <laughs> Come on. for me. Like, the Department of Education, and you've probably heard, like, mumblings of this, but they really, because Betsy DeVos, like, her family owns a collection <coughs> agency for student loans, they have put an, more of an emphasis and taken away a lot of student borrowers' rights in the past six months. And they have done that very underhanded, and it hasn't made a lot of news. That's and why I want to go back to school again and get what I can, because I know, I know it's going to be A lot gone. of people wouldn't even know about that, but you know I follow everything like crazy. I and, didn't know that. And that kind of stuff sneaks up, and, and that's just one example. Still but getting to know each other. But think about this. Okay. With all the mainstream problems that are going on, mm -hmm. little things like this, whoever comes in next, if we can turn this Russia crap around and start getting legitimate elections again and eventually gain our democracy back, which might not happen. We might slip slippery slope into like a Russian subsidiary country where no one has any freedoms and everybody's lower middle class to poor. And Donald what type Trump's of government everything. does Russia operate under right now? It's not a dictatorship. An oligarchy. Ooh, that sounds fun to say. Say it again. <laughs> oligarchy. Ooh, oligarchy. 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 But An oligarchy. like the top like zero point point zero one percent of the the one percent 
owns the whole country and they're like multi-billionaires all of them and the rest of everybody's dirt poor they can't speak their minds you know I'm but isn't sure that where we're at now isn't that where we've been for the last 25 years but I feel like we have more freedoms than, than they do oh without a doubt but I'm speaking strictly economical yeah economically that's the way we've been heading yeah but right now where we're at like there's rich there's poor and now there's poe there's no middle class. The middle class is now the poor class, and the poor class has become the po <laughs> class because they can't even afford the OR at the end. But I just, I feel like, you know, there, of course, I'm sure that they have things that motivate their lives, but I feel like that there's very little in between, like, birth and death that's very enjoyable. At least right now, I feel we still have enough money and enough choices to, even though we work our butts off, like being middle class and stuff like that, or poor, we're not po, but we're poor or whatever. That we can do things. I mean, we went on a couple trips, you know. Oh, most we're people, poor now. <laughs> most people we know go on trips and do things like that. So you're not just living to live, and you <coughs> don't get to travel. You don't get to really like go places, do experiences. You just sit there. You can't voice your opinion, and you just live. I think people are voicing their opinions more so today than ever before. I think there's a lot of divide, and I think social here media... Here in Russia? Here. And I think social media serves as a platform where people don't have a filter anymore, and people don't fear mm -hmm. what other people, or how other people may judge them. They, they can care less about what other people say or feel and judging I them. I agree, and they, but if They we... either speak their mind or they speak things just to create... A shitstorm. I agree. I agree, but what I'm saying is, if we continue to go down the path that we're going, that can very easily slip away from us. No. Yeah, it can. No, it can. People don't realize sometimes when they're. I'm in the not going to give up my things. educational rights to some lady named Betsy, who's named after a doll, Betsy Wetsy. <laughs> she looks like the biggest jerk that I've ever seen, but whatever. But I'm just One saying One of the that few professions in this, this country that has any clout is, thank goodness, is the teacher's union. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's one of the few things that still stands and it's very strong. Stronger than other states and others, but they will never allow things like that to completely overthrow and, and overhaul the educational system. In that manner, the direction that she wants it to go in. And it's slowly but surely swinging that way anyway. You know? Unfortunately, she's making headway, and that's the unfortunate part, and that's what's scary. Well, again, and that 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 can be attributed to the effectiveness of Donald Trump, creating such a shitstorm smokescreen that that everything else is falling under the radar. Like, but I don't think to. this is a purposeful. I think it's to protect his own ass. How do you know? I don't know, you for, don't know sure, for sure, but I'm pretty sure but that you can't dismiss it or discount it. Well, all the things that are out there, I'm pretty sure it, it is designed to save his own ass, and that's just the byproduct of it. But we talk about his constituents. We talk about those members of Congress that have supported him. Perhaps this is the reason why they did go along with it, because maybe they said, you know what, he's going to be such a befuddlement in the office that we can get so much stuff done from a legislative standpoint because it's going to fall under well, the that's radar. Well, that's why they're... These are going to be dominating the news. That's why they gave him so much, like, rope in the past six months because they wanted... But this wanted is the beef I have with, with, with news outlets, you know, that allegedly are reporting the facts and reporting the truth. They're so enamored with still covering him. 
And they do it in the same context, in the same manner that they did during the electoral process. And it bothers the shit out of me because these are the issues that they should be focusing on. But I guess it's the producers and it's it, it's it's the proprietor companies of these of these news entities that are dictating what goes on the air. And they say Donald, Donald, Donald. That's what's going to get us ratings. Well, that's why like little things like this show, like other podcasts, like people that write for these indie journals and stuff, like Rant News and stuff. That's why this is important because we cover a lot of things just besides Donald Trump. Why can't Keith Olbermann get a job in? Well, he does his own thing, and it's kind of cool. He's... Is he really making money? I don't know. Why don't you... I don't understand. We should see if we can get him on our show. Wouldn't I've asked cool? I've, I've asked him that question, like, why aren't you working for... NBC really doesn't want to take him back. I don't CNN even... Honestly, like, I don't even know what he really did. <clears> he must have. He must have come to some sort of settlement with them. Yeah. Where they said, look, you never can work here again, but we're going to give you X amount of money. So they probably paid the shit out of him to leave. You know, because it was probably a contingency in his contract. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like a buyout for an athlete. You know, you want them to leave, you got to buy out their contract. Mm-hmm. So he walks away with millions upon millions because he's got to be sitting fat right now. Well, when he first left, he was working that um, station that Al Gore founded. and he was Which is done it. exceptionally well. Well, it was never on mainstream cable. Like, we could have gotten it. Was it on any cable? Yeah, it was like a pack. You could get, like, the package that had that or whatever. I'm just surprised that he hasn't landed on a CNN or something like that. Let's or recruit him to be a correspondent for the Sergio Social Club. Yes, let's do it. Courageous? No, I've always liked him, and he, he, he brings a certain arrogance to it, but it's so I liked his program. Because think about it, that's who Rachel Maddow took over yeah. for. He did a lot of things that were, like, calling people out. But, like I said, I think that it was more the, the feathers that he ruffled that really weren't anything that he did that was breaking the law or, like, harassment or anything, like some people like Bill O'Reilly or whatever. But it's so funny, like, how sensitive the left is that they bend so easily to things. Look how long it took to get Bill O'Reilly out of that spot with all the crap know. that he did throughout the years. Well, that's, a ball. that's why I was thinking And about we don't it. even know what Because I'm just like, look at, look at the, the, like, you know, how, how much... Fox was willing to tolerate of O'Reilly's behavior on the on the call of just of, of ratings, you know, in yeah. behalf of ratings. Yet, Oberman's show was one of the highly ranked shows on MSNBC, particularly at that time, and it was just after President, you know, President like Obama just got nominated. So it was like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to see if there's an article about it. About why he got fired? Yeah. Courageous? I don't know. So I found an article written in 2011 by Rolling Stone, and he interviewed, but I don't think he specifically ever said what it was. But I do remember this. It said something about um, him uh, prior to the 20. 12 election in that election cycle he donated money to three democratic candidates I heard something and about that I guess it kind of broke a clause or something oh this is Oberman yeah oh that's right but he came back but that's what people think it is but then there's like a rumor said that that's what went on paper 
as the reason the reason for their amicable yeah but they suspended him for it and then he was back and then all of a sudden he just disappeared some people said he's he was difficult and espn has said things to that effect when he worked with them but it sounds more yeah because you gotta remember him and dan patrick are tight Mm -hmm. and dan patrick left espn for allegedly similar reasons because dan was very demanding he was very difficult to work with Mm-hmm. He was uh, a prima donna, if you will. Well, it also has to do with Tim Russert because apparently they were good friends and he was very prominently involved in um, NBC. And when Keith would push the envelope and, like, you know, skate the fence and kind of be rebellious, um, Tim Russert would um, run interference for him. So MSNBC became uncomfortable for him when Tim Russert passed away. So, you mean from Meet the Press? Tim would sort of smooth, smooth things out with NBC. Yeah, like he because w- he was more prominent there than like a lot of people, even though he had his own show and stuff like that too. So he was well respected and everything. So that became an issue. So does his son still work for NBC? I don't know where his son works. I think he does some sort of correspondence reporting. He never really. I mean, he's not gonna take him some time he's yeah not the reporter that his father yeah. was but he started out doing stuff so he might kind of have taken a back yeah, seat kind of like a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing oh it's tim's yeah. son look how cute oh we missed him this is so nice that they're I doing he was, he was good I yeah, mean, he's got that that slam on the side haircut <laughs> so know. the only other thing i gotta say right now because we just kind of gotta wait and watch is that i think it's very important that people mobilize if indeed Trump manages to get Robert Mueller fired. There's a lot of campaigns out there right now that people need to pretty much take a Can he really get him dismissed? He can... Wouldn't that be like a gross conflict of interest? Oh, Wouldn't it totally that be would. basically the smoking gun in this entire ordeal? With all the other smoking guns. like So maybe, maybe it's like those who favor impeachment maybe this would be the best thing that could happen is that Mueller gets unfortunately there's still a big camp that believes that this is all a big hoax and that he did nothing at all he has nothing to do with Russia so people well, just now they're saying that Mueller, uh, Mueller, yeah. Mueller has a personal vendetta against him because something about like they used to golf at the same country club the national country club in, in, in the DC area and Something happened where uh, there was a disagreement between them two. Like he has, he has. Who doesn't Trump? Oh, I know. He rubs everyone the wrong way. The fact of the matter is that this guy's like history shows that the right is trying to establish a case that Mueller has an axe to grind. Yeah, but everybody has an axe to grind because Trump is such an. But I am here to say that he has no axe to grind. Okay. Want to talk about something fun? I thought we were. I'm getting frustrated with your impressions. What the hell's wrong with my impressions? You're, they're so abrupt. And Let's hear your impressions. I don't have any impressions. Okay, so how could you judge me on mine when you have literally nothing in the well? Because in the middle of conversation, you're like saying these things and getting everything diverted. Sorry, I'm just going into character. That's how I picture Mueller speaking. I apologize if he doesn't vaguely remind me of Colonel Plank. Anyways, people have to really move fast if that happens because I think that 
if that is the case, that the voice of the people is probably best served out of any of these protests to mobilize fast and get out in the streets all over the, the United States and we'll do really like a big march again. Oh yeah, and that's what people are make planning. signs again. But people are planning it, not that it's going to be a thing that is way in the future that people I are going to do you. this quick. Stop. Let's let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about our trip. Like an acid trip? No, our last trip. What about it? I don't know. You want to talk about it? What we did? I don't what know. You a liked? lot of things happened on that trip that I don't want to discuss. Like what? I don't know. You start talking about it, and I'll just chime in. Well, we went to North Carolina. We did. We drove up there. Yes, thank you. Still doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. We drove up there. It wasn't so bad. I I like road trips. That's why. That makes one of us. Like, I don't know. Maybe I like road trips with just me and you better because we really get to, like, get in depth with talking. What are you talking about? You don't talk to me at all. Yes, when, I you, do. when you drive, you don't talk. That's why I sit in the back, because you have better conversations with Patrick than you do with me. There's times I've driven you in the front I'm seat, you really didn't speak trip. to me at all. I'm talking about when we go on trips I'm talking together. about in general. No, we talk. The only time you ever spoke to me was the time you guilted me into driving all the way to Chicago, and I had to drive myself because you couldn't drive a manual transmission. That's not true. And you felt guilty. You're upsetting me now. That's not true. What's not true? I think we've had some very nice, like, life conversations on some of our road trips perhaps you are you like road trips better than I do I tolerate them but I think that North Carolina is a pretty good distance it's far so you have time but it's not so far that you're spending 24 hours in a vehicle no the, the drive went by pretty quick on both ends we were fortunate in that we hit little to no traffic which was a rarity ever on a road trip considering some of the major cities that we go through. I did really good though and like planning ahead and diverting and stuff. I did. Is this why you wanted to bring up the trip? No, but we're talking about the ride up so I just threw that in. You were all worried about it and I'm like let me handle it and I, I was it. worried? Yes, you were In what worried. capacity was I worried? You were like oh going on I-4 we're gonna hit traffic and I'm like I'm planning it at the right time we're not going to hit traffic. Don't worry. I'm confident. What do you mean? I'm the one that suggested we leave when we leave. I don't know what world you're in sometimes. My world? Oh, my God. What are you talking about? So we went to Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. We went with Patrick, and we went with your dad. Yes. So, on so. the... On the way up, your dad had the best cup of coffee he's ever had. Yes, and we heard about it the entire trip. Which I'm beginning to believe that, that your version of the story could have very well been true. I think that's what happened. Well, would you like to tell it? Well, I had worked the day that we left, right? I did. And What does this have to do with the story? Because, I gotta say, I don't even know where we were. I know we were in South Carolina, but... I had driven, I had taken turns with you, and the one time I took a break, I couldn't sleep for those few hours. Uh-huh. I'm saying the one time, I'm not saying I only took a break once. The second you drove a good amount. The second time I took a break, I finally fell asleep. I yes. fell asleep for two hours. So I was awakened to your father just coming back from a gas station, which I guess served Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yeah, it was a big, it was a pretty popular, you know, it's 
kind of not your run on the like 7-Eleven racetrack and had a almost like a full service Dunkin' Donuts and that. So it was about like four or five in the morning. Mm, later than that, it was and daybreak. He complained about this cup of coffee for like I mean he's probably still complaining about it right now as we speak, but he said dirty that, water. He said there's water and that it was decaf of course, but it was Dunkin' Donuts coffee even though whatever. And he's like Dunkin' Donuts. Worst coffee ever. Now I'm convinced he's never going to drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee again, which is terrible because that's my favorite brand of coffee. And he complained about it, and he said he's going to wash his feet in it. <laughs> and we heard about it for the whole rest of the trip. you got to admit, it'd be pretty funny if we actually see him washing his feet in the cup of coffee. My theory on the coffee is that it was so early in the morning that they probably just didn't put a sign, but they probably emptied it out, filled it with hot water to clean it, and no one told him, or there wasn't a marker, or he overlooked the marker. Well, it was odd, because it was like in this giant carafe, yeah. and it had a little white handwritten sign below it that said decaf. Yeah. You know, and naturally no one was going for the decaf, and I still don't understand why you're going to have a cup of coffee in the morning and wake up to a cup of decaf. I said, why don't you get half and half at least, half decaf, half No, no, Papa, make me nervous. So I think that it was just hot water that was used to clean it and that he took You know it. what I'd like to do? What? Take like a two-month span yeah. and take everything that my father says yeah. and like put a literal transra translation to it and have him, force him to act out everything he says Wash he does. Wash his feet with the coffee. Wash his feet in coffee. Punch everybody in the face. Kill everybody. <laughs> um, what else has he said that goes outlandish? Ride a bike. Ride the bike. Um, just, just nonstop of penalisms. It's so, fantastic. We got there like that day that we got there. We went back to the Looking Glass Farms and we had our cheese played and we kind of milled about and tried to enjoy our time before we checked into our Airbnb. But um, we wound up checking in, and then that's where your dad discovered the elusive white squirrels of Hendersonville, North Carolina. Well, we found it first. Yeah, which it was on the, the Airbnb listing and they're like, you might run into these. So I was You mentioned something to it very briefly to me like, oh, they have white squirrels up there. And I was like, all right, yeah, we're going to see one. And literally that first night, myself, you and Patrick, we went to the local grocery chain mm -hmm. to pick up some basic supplies. And my father stayed behind. And lo and behold, on a neighbor's lawn, we saw the elusive white squirrel. Yeah. And they're the only place in that area that I've ever seen them. Like, I think that's the only little area that they Well, exist. our tour guide, Craig, um, said that, that those are very rare. People literally come up here with the sole purpose of exploring and trying to find and seek out the white squirrel and they come up empty-handed literally the fact that we saw them every single day yeah there that was, was definitely a plus yeah we're cute so you're definitely dad, a family your dad spent the rest of the vacation stalking the squirrels to the point that that's they, probably an understatement they took out a restraining order on him yeah they served it it was served by the local raccoon. He was out in the morning and in the evening, and he was chasing them around with his camera the whole time. Binoculars. Binoculars. Chasing the local I can't. Around. I can't attest to this with absolute certainty because I did not sleep well for the entire duration of the trip, but I could have sworn that one morning I woke up and I was on the couch 
and out of the corner of my eye, I saw my father on the deck, three quarters naked, <laughs> with the binoculars, trying to seek out the, the white, white squirrel. But white they, squirrel. they also had fireflies, and I know that that's not a big deal to a lot of people in the country, but that's like awesome because I miss fireflies. Lightning so much. bugs. Like, fireflies. Lightning bugs. I mean. Same thing. Yeah. So that was beautiful. They would come out every night around like between eight thirty and eight fifty, and they'd only be around for like twenty minutes. Yeah, no, and I thought that, but then one night I think you had gone to bed, and Patrick and I were in the living room, and it was late, and we went out to smoke cigars, and they were still out there. Mm -hmm. So they do that. Maybe the numbers dwindle a little bit, or the intensity mm -hmm. that they tend to light up and illuminate and try to lure each other um, dissipates as far as their frequency, but they're still out there. Yeah. So, we did a lot of like, very like low-key type of stuff that wasn't the mainstream. We did spend... The trip started off rough. Well, yeah. I want to go home. I did want to go home. Patrick had been sick, like, you, you guys went to a Metallica concert, but he had been sick well before the Metallica concert. And the whole week leading up to it. That was probably, I, I know you guys wouldn't want to miss that, but that was probably a little rough and warmed down a little bit because you guys spent the whole day driving to, hanging out in Orlando, seeing the concert coming back, and you guys didn't get home till like 3 o'clock in the morning. So it probably threw him a little bit off. Oh yeah, he was definitely going on adrenaline that entire day. And I always catch whatever if it's catchable, I catch it. And yep. that day, that first day, probably because I didn't sleep. I caught it too. I felt terrible when I woke up because I only slept two hours in the last like whatever. So. And but sweetheart, you know when we talk about road trips, that's the thing that concerns me most, and anything else is because the sleep deprivation that takes yeah. place on these long road trips and our history, our track record of getting sick, particularly yourself, I knew something like that, the propensity of something like that happening was going to be greater it because who was sick in the household. It wouldn't have been bad, but that day that we left, me like having to do those two last assessments, if I would have come home like around one or two on that Friday and not had to do those, and those kept me busy till like seven o'clock in the evening, and then I still had to pack. I was tired enough that I probably could have gotten a good few hours sleep. But you, you wanted bad. to drive. I told you, let me drive at the beginning, and you could have slept. You probably, if if I would, if you would have just went in the back and relaxed, I bet you you could have slept three or four hours easily in the beginning of the trip when it was dark out. Because you know, the minute that sun comes up, you're not. The sleeping. way those seats were, it was very uncomfortable. Like, we fixed it for the way back, but I could not get that seat back. And I was like, literally... I don't know it. why I didn't try to do that on the way up. I thought, I guess I thought my father was going to take up more room. Yeah. So that's why I had that one seat down, yeah. but it didn't make sense to me. I honestly think you should have just stayed in the, in the middle back seat and slept on the captain's chair and you would have been fine. But whatever. Well, I would have, but Patrick was still sick, and he was sitting in that seat, and you know how I am. I was like, making you spray everything with Lysol. But anyways, when we, we started off that first morning, I did want to go home. I was, like, having a meltdown because the last time we were in Asheville, I was sick. And, and you were sick, too. And I was sick, too. You were sick on this trip, too. You I was sick on this good. trip, too. And, and I put everything on the side for my baby. You did. We skipped, we missed out on a big thing. We had wanted to do the, the thing I looked forward to the most, but it's okay. It's not going anywhere, honey. 
We wanted to do the river rafting, and the company that we were using. So nice. Yeah, they're great company. What's the name of the company? I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, we got to give them a. These people were so understanding. First, they allowed me to reschedule it for later in the week. And then, after we saw that Patrick nor myself were 100% better, they gave us a refund. Mm -hmm. No questions asked. Props to them, man. What a nice group of people. It's the French Broad Adventures. French Broad Adventures, that's right. And their phone number is 800-570-7238. That's 800-570-7238. French Broad Adventures. Great group of people. You call their ex for a gentleman named Mike. Um, he's the one that took care of me. Um, very understanding. Um, I'm not going to say they went against their policy, but they gave me no problems at all. They charged us maybe like a $14 service charge, but they reimbursed yeah. us fully. And, and they didn't have to do that. Like no, we they were didn't. ready to like eat it even though yeah. we were upset. I already accepted the fact that we were going to lose out on that money. Yeah. But I we were there. I wanted to make the most of the trip. I wasn't going to continue to put you and Patrick in jeopardy of getting sicker because the mornings were a little chilly in the beginning of the week. Yeah, they were. So, and that was a problem. Well, I have to say <clears> like when we go back, not if we if we That was another one. But Brown River. Oh my god. If you know, and the river, if you get close, it's it's brown looking, but it's clear. But when you're like that far ahead, you can't see whatever. I'm not even going to that. It's Berkey. Brown River. But if you looked at it up close, it would be clear as anything. Okay, just because I say Brown River doesn't mean you no, have to I, defend the river I every know. time I say it. So, anyways, um, when it comes to that, I know if we do go in the winter, I'm not going to want to go rafting. But I am. If we go back, like in the summer. They don't have rafting in the winter anyway. Yeah. Next time we go back in the summer, maybe next summer or whatever, I definitely want to go. How about when we move there, we'll go. Yeah. When we go there, maybe we'll even purchase kayaks or something like that or a nice Yeah, but I canoe. would definitely use them. I want to do that, like at least once because Always they, undermining they were awesome and I recommend them to anybody. Like they had the best tours when we were looking to, in my opinion. We looked at several different places. And I was really looking forward to it. It was the French Broad River, but... It was nice. It would have been quite an excursion to see the wilderness from the perspective of the river. Yeah. You know? There was going to be lunch included, so... It's not going anywhere. The river's not going anywhere. The tour's not going anywhere. It's okay, but we did a lot of other nice things, well, you know? Well, we did, like, downtown Asheville a couple times, walking around, which was nice. Yeah. The guys enjoyed that. The Biltmore was nice. I think we all had a nice time there. Very nice. We did the, me and your father did the wine tasting again. Me and Patrick did the food tastings where we sampled pretzels with every kind of dip known to mankind about four times through. And they have, at this time of year, the gardens are usually pretty, you know, in the spring. I'm sure it's pretty there in the fall. The winter might be a little sparse, but the summer was absolutely beautiful. They have the main road that goes from the Biltmore to the village is... Antler, Antler Creek? Antler Village is almost completely lined for like two miles with like probably about a 10 foot wide row of sunflowers. So it's absolutely amazing. Should we have them on the air? No, because we're almost done with the show. So... That was really nice, and then because we missed out on the rafting tour, 
we actually did something that was pretty strenuous the, the second day that we canceled out because Patrick was feeling really bad. And we took it upon ourselves to go visit DuPont State Forest, which we weren't going to previously do, but we wanted to fill in with something. Um, all of us like hiking and things like that. And it was quite the hike. Uh -huh. You know, we didn't go to just like, they have several different waterfalls. When you park there, the most accessible is Hooker Falls. We didn't go there. We've for gone that. And we literally hiked pretty much till we couldn't hike anymore. We've seen triple falls and we've seen high falls. And we walked all around there. Your dad was eating the local vegetation. That was so fun. <laughs> it was Stumbled upon that peach tree. Yeah, he started eating peaches off the random tree. Eating? He took about 20 peaches off the tree. He was eating random berries the whole trip. I totally thought, because I know the first Hunger Games was filmed there, that he was going to stumble upon Nightlock. If it was real, he would have found it, ate it, and been a goner. But Is that even a real thing? No, it's not. But I was just joking, because that's where they filmed it. I don't know. know. I think you were trying to shoot him with an arrow. No. But the peaches were amazing. To see that peach tree in the wild, so to speak. I mean, all those peaches are going to go to waste anyway, yeah. so I'm glad he did pick them. I never asked him if he's eating them. Yeah, if they've ripened. I know, but if they ripened, because yeah. they were, like, not ripe. And I had one, and it was, it was good, but it was small and tart, mm -hmm. which I that's what I like. But oh. that was fun. Yeah, that DuPont State Park, that was the high falls and triple falls. That I was, got to go in the water. To me, that I was... I drank the water. That was the most peaceful part of the trip, like, because we got to spend a lot of time at each one. When yeah. we, I liked the other waterfall thing that we did, but we only spent like 10 minutes at each one because we were on a time crunch, but it was very nice too, but I liked that. Because if we were by ourselves with Craig, I think we could have easily said, look, let's just, let's spend as much time as we could here, and he would have been fine with it. Yeah. I think given two families and the fact that he felt like he wanted to show us as much as possible, us to get our money's worth so to speak so we went on another tour that we're talking about with this Wouldn't gentleman my well i want to tell about the tour so people know okay. what we're talking you're about you're right i guess it was worth cutting you know please what was his name craig miller was it miller or mueller uh, <laughs> it's miller but he said it was i think mueller but his grandfather changed it to miller so, so why couldn't Mueller change his name to Miller if he doesn't want people calling him Mueller? He could. Okay. Some people just don't want to change their names, though. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we got to give him a shout-out. So let's look up his information for people that are interested in going on customized waterfall tours in Asheville. It's called Miller's Land of Waterfall Tours. Area code 828-884-8982. That's area code 828-884-8982. And Craig has been doing this for about 16 years. He basically grew up in the South Carolina area, but later moved to uh, the Asheville, well, south of Asheville. Rossman. Rossman. And... Uh, just really 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 had a, a level of expertise about the land the area and these privatized waterfalls that I some of them I still don't know I mean he explained the, the excavation process on how him and his colleagues would find these waterfalls 
you know, a lot of them were spotted by plane, and then they would have to hike and try to find them on their own, but they were so remote, some of these, and so beautiful. Some of the times they just followed the rivers. <clears throat> yeah. And these massive hikes. The thing that I liked about that, I love the, the waterfalls, and if we got to, like, really spend the time at the waterfalls and we were by ourselves or whatever, it would be really nice because you wouldn't have the people that depend, even though it wasn't sure. that busy. But um, what I liked about that is I liked the hiking part of it. I probably would have felt better. I liked the family that did come with us. They followed behind us. But they were like all athletes, even though they weren't wearing proper footwear. You know, we were all wearing hiking boots and stuff, and it was easier for us not to slip. But they were very persistent because they live in the mountains too, or used to the altitude and whatnot. And I think that I wouldn't have felt as pressure to go fast if they weren't there because they were like putting me to shame, you know, putting us to shame a little bit. And you know how I am and I don't want to look like I'm not whatever, but it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, we went on several hikes to get to these things and the third one was very strenuous. That was the nail in the coffin for some of us. For Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pat has some anxiety issues. Yeah. Um, not used to the topography. Mm -hmm. Not used to the thin air. Mm -hmm. um, when we went to Tennessee, we went on a hike, us three, but nothing remotely strenuous to what this thing entailed. But this one hike to the waterfall was pretty strenuous. Yeah. It was muddy. It was rocky. It was cliffy. It had some drops. Yep. It was slippery. The edge it was of intense. It just dropped straight down. And yeah. and and one thing that I forgot that Craig pointed out is it's a rainforest. Yeah. It's humid. It's humid. So humidity and the thin air equals. And you know, going down. I mean, out of there shape. Was, there were some scary parts going down, like where there was a a pretty like wide gap between like some drops and stuff but going up trying to get up and that was very very intense and by the time we got up I was worn out Pat was worn out both of us have some degree where we get car sick so when we get in the car like so well, you were winded to begin with he was probably dehydrated mm -hmm. because he still doesn't understand the concept of replenishing your fluids with water you know, and he's always refusing water. So the combination, plus that drive to that last waterfall was just curve and curve and mm -hmm. serpentine after serpentine, snake pin turn after snake pin turn. And I tried to take him as slow as possible, but it was just like, oh my gosh. I can understand why someone in the back seat would be like, whoa, like a roller coaster, man. So we had Vomit City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did puke. <laughs> he did puke. I didn't see it, but he said he did puke. Well, he was very good at hiding it. That's part of his anxiety. He didn't want others to see him puke, so he made sure to be very discreet. Especially his papa. Yeah. Patrick's so sick. Take him to the hospital. <laughs> there you go. I mean, so, weren't they just out here? Yes. And they close the door so they can't let him back in. You know. They don't even go to the bathroom. No, they, they come out start. here and bark at everyone, and then they just kick the dirt and go back in. Anyways, that was fun. We did another cheese tour, which we got to go to a real working goat creamery. That was really cool. See how the goats were milked, and how the milk was processed, and how it was made into cheese. 
a lot more primitive than I thought it was going to be, but nonetheless, it was a positive experience, educational at that. We love goats, and they have 160 goats on property, and they were so cute. Like 80 goats get milked two times a day. Yeah, and tens. Yeah, it can same, be. The same 80 twice a day. Yeah. Poor I guess goats. they build up milk that quickly, man. Yeah. That's a lot of milk. Yeah, so. I ain't milking no goat two times a day. We got to try all their goat cheese and their goat milk, which your dad decided to taint all the samples. That was so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> so. You weren't supposed to reuse the spoons. And that was just so funny. So. You're not contaminating the cheese, are you? No, look, I licked my spoon. But that was Round Mountain Creamery for those people that want to get in touch with them. That was a pretty cool experience. I like. Looking Glass too, but they have more of a variety of cheese. Round Mountain is just goat cheese, and they do different flavors, and we got to try all the flavors, and it's phenomenal. A very good goat cheese. And we brought cheese back from both places, like we did last time um, with Looking Glass. We packed it in ice, and the first and second days we were here, we made different dishes with the cheese and, and ate it, but we also brought... Um, pickles back from there. We brought honey back like we usually do. Yeah. They have some phenomenal food there. That was probably the best part of the trip as it was the previous time was just the restaurants and the local eateries, you know. It's so refreshing to be able to go to a place and eat in local establishments mm -hmm. rather than eating in your chains, you know. Are you sure you like eating at Biscuit Head with all the women who don't work? Oh my God. <laughs> that definitely is up there one of the legendary statements that my father has made. Where are the men? Oh, that's right. They're working. I could have killed what him. What a slap in that the face. That was the only time during the trip that his things made me so mad that I was ready to walk 90 away. 90% of the people that were there were either like college kids mm -hmm. because that's the kind of vibe that that place gives yeah. off because it's inexpensive. We're talking about biscuit head. Or people that are on vacation. I met that young lady who's from Marco Island. Yeah. Small world. And, you know, we ate probably, I didn't have a bad meal there. Like, all the places we ate were very, very phenomenal. But we're different eaters than your dad, too. We just like good food and unusual good food and trying something different. And we don't care about the ambiance as long as people are friendly and the place is clean. It could be very folksy and stuff. And that's why we like places like Biscuit Head. We like Sunny Point. You know, Tupelo downtown is a little bit rustic. We didn't go to downtown Tupelo Honey Cafe this time. We went to the other one. Farm Burger is really cute. And all of these places, like, source local stuff. But your father's favorite things were the Brazilian Steakhouse and Rue, which is in um, Biltmore Square Park Mall, which also sources local stuff, but is basically, like, a very generic atmosphere in a hotel. Yeah, but, I, you know, I think... For the most part, I think everyone enjoyed where we ate. I think the only, I mean, naturally I knew it, my father was going to be the only one that, that had some difficulties with some of his meals, and I think his ordering choices are subject, mm -hmm. you know, and that Italian place, Moonstruck, something like that. I, mean, I think it was like Luna something. Was it Luna? Mezzaluna or something. Oh, yeah, I think it was Mezzaluna, yeah. Which I thought was great. Patrick and I enjoyed that pizza thoroughly. It was very good. I still don't understand why he ordered that pasta dish. That was a setup for failure. Because mm -hmm. you know, your father has to have al dente pasta, even though I'm not sure he knows what al dente is. 
but if it's not how he wants it exactly cooked, which a lot of Italian places don't do, they don't make pasta to order. Exactly. And if it's fresh pasta, you're not going to get fresh pasta out then, right? So, but the, all those places that we mentioned, they all had phenomenal food. And yeah, I, I still hold, I mean, you know, we took them to the Brazilian Steakhouse, which was very good, very, very good. Um, Rue. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of chicken pot pie. I end up ordering chicken pot pie there, and I thought it was one of the best things I've ever oh, had. Oh, and then we went to Hogwild oh, Barbecue. Oh my God! That was like I think that was like Brevard area. It was Brevard. Which that's like a little home wall place, but their barbecue is pretty amazing. Oh, if, if you like barbecue. Pretty amazing. See, you you didn't order a lot, and I wish you would have had the ribs. Those I, I stand by. I don't those stop are myself. those were the best ribs I've ever had. Patrick and I stand by that. Those were by far. That was some of the best overall barbecue I've ever had. That was the pulled pork was unbelievable. The hush puppies were good. The hush puppies were good. The beans were good. The coleslaw was good. The potato everything, salad was really good. Everything they made was just like what you dream a barbecue place should be. Those ribs, I can't describe it. It was a St. Louis cut, mm-hmm. which for those of you who don't know what a St. Louis cut is, it's essentially a spare rib with the fat back taken off. So you have an oversized baby back rib that is so tender and so lean and just the meat like had enough chew but it fell right off the bone the smoke ring was perfect the sauce that they that they did that the rub they used everything these ribs were the the model of perfection mm-hmm. they were so well the good. reason I didn't eat that much that day is because even though I was hungry I knew that we we had a light breakfast and you know that was more like a lunch even though it was a later lunch but we had talked about going to white duck taco i know i was just so hungry super good like last time that place is i knew that but i knew also that this was probably going to be our only opportunity to have barbecue yeah you know and no matter you know my father with his hearing his selective hearing even though i told him several times we're not going to eat a lot because we're going to be going to that taco place at night he still thought that this was like the grand meal yeah, he still had some salsa and chips. He still ate two tacos, and he still had room for ice cream. So four tacos. <laughs> yeah, he because everybody knows the corn shells, the soft corn shells. They always put two because usually one of them inherently breaks. Your father decided that he had to have four tacos to, four have, tacos. to show us all up. That Nobody we said everybody two. had two. I had four. <laughs> so he broke. His his fillings and each taco in half. He made he made his tacos into like mini flautas. <laughs> now they're flautas. Oh, your father's funny. Good tacos, man. I had the pork belly and the duck confit taco. Oh, the Ooh. duck one. No, the pork belly had the pickled watermelon rind on it. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, that was good. It's just, it was an amazing trip. I mean, we had such a summer, and despite, like, the hiccups of the summer, I just have to sometimes take a deep breath and put in perspective, and put in perspective what's going on in the world. Oh, we're very lucky. We got to do some pretty amazing things, and I, I love North Carolina, and I was definitely, like, happier to get home after Utah in that area in um, Asheville I, I like you said on Facebook I really felt like I left my home it's so peaceful how dare you steal my line okay hmm. I take it back I take it back 
but it felt comfortable in speaking for both of us. It was very peaceful up there. I feel very at home there. The people are so nice. I love the vegetation. I love the hills. I love the the wildlife. You know, just it's amazing to me. Yeah. Well, we got to get up there sooner than later, or else we're going to get priced out. Yeah. So, I guess that's all, folks. We'll get try to get back to you. Hopefully next week. Nah, you've been very lackadaisical. Because we've had a very busy summer, ah, but now we're back to this. And we need to stay vigilant and do our part, right? Hmm? we got to stay vigilant and do our part. You can reach us on social media. I'm on Twitter, Kirsten P underscore SSC. I have a big mouth and I'm on there 24-7 now, now that I learned how to use Twitter. We have to do shirts one of these days. Yes, that would be nice. We're getting bigger and bigger, slowly but surely. We are. It's fun. I do enjoy you, do doing it. Do you have a social media? Do I don't understand what that even means. Do you have a social media? People know where to find me. Where do you find you? Twitter. What's your handle? What's my handle? Uh, that's a good question. Is it Permal? Yeah, it's Permal Productions. P-E-R-M-L Productions. I think it's underscore Productions, but you'll find me. We like to hear people harassing us and disagreeing with us. It's fun. No, it's okay. As long as they're willing to substantiate their arguments and stuff like that, I welcome all criticism. When people as long as it's constructive. When people criticize me and have no argument, it makes me laugh. Well, yeah, I call that a criticize and dodge. And they I throw, they don't throw their they throw their criticisms out there. And they don't answer you. They go back and they. Well, they usually pick I don't off. I don't write back if it's ridiculous and they they obviously have no clue. But just know that I get a good laugh out of it. So no, I you do. don't. No, you don't. I do. You now. get worked up. No, I and do. You go now. around the house. You say this. No, if it makes sense and I have to like have a logistical debate and I'm tired, I'll do that. But if it's ridiculous, it makes me laugh and I enjoy it. So. Even if you want to say something derogatory to us, go ahead. <laughs> to her, you can direct it at her, not me. I'm good with that. Anyway, it's been a pleasure as always, my love. I love you. I love you too. Y'all take care out there. Peace, be safe, be merry, and uh, get out there. Boots on the ground. Make a difference locally. That's where it counts, folks. DM us with any questions or if you want to be a guest. Deanna? DM. Oh, yeah, Carpe Diem. Seize the moment, baby. <laughs> Peace out.